In this message, we learn about the present-day ministry of the Lord Jesus as our great High Priest and as the mediator of the Blood Covenant. Greetings, Church family, and welcome to our very special Resurrection Sunday service, our online service, our blessed Resurrection Sunday. Uh, to all of you who have uh, joined us, uh, may this day be a very special day in your life, and may this time together uh, in the Word of God and in the Holy Communion that we will partake towards the end of the service, at uh, the time of prayer, may, may just be a very special time in your life. Uh, we want to welcome those of you especially who are joining us for the very first time in an online service, a very special welcome to you. Thank you for joining us on this online service. For those of you who watch us regularly, I want to encourage you to please take a moment uh, and uh, just inform at least two other people to join us online right now. I just send them the uh, YouTube link, uh, youtube.com slash Bangalore. Just share that with them or click on the share link right below. Uh, let them uh, know that they are welcome to join us. And if uh, each of us can just notify at least two people, that'll be great. So that they too can be ministered to, blessed and en enriched uh, as we spend this time together uh, worshiping God and receiving His Word and praying together and partaking of the Holy Communion towards the end of the service. So please do that and let's just uh, reach out to as many people as we can uh, during uh, during this day and, and the weeks to come. Before we spend time uh, in God's Word, I just want to encourage you to stay strong, stay in faith. Uh, I know that uh, globally nations are working through the crisis. We continue in prayer. We continue to support our leaders, our government in prayer. Uh, we continue to you know, help people whomever we can uh, during this time. Those who are in need, uh, we try to support them. We help them. So each one of us do our part so that together we can come out of uh, the challenges uh, that, uh, that we're facing uh, locally as well as globally. We are in this together. We will come out together. So stay strong, stay encouraged. Remind, just want to remind you of the free resources on our church website. Uh, you can make use of those resources, uh, listen to the sermons, uh, the publications are available, so you can go there, keep yourself strong, spiritually enriched as we uh, journey together during this time. You know, on this special Resurrection Sunday service, what we uh, started doing this couple of uh, services ago is we started talking about the blood covenant. So last Sunday, on the 5th of April, we started talking about the blood covenant. We did an introduction. We spoke about understanding the blood covenant. And then on Good Friday, the 10th of April, we talked about the new covenant, which the Lord Jesus has put in place uh, through what he did for us on the cross. And that is so powerful. You know, uh, when, when we take time just to remember what Jesus did for us on the cross, and we understand the significance of all that he did, that when he was through his death and his burial and his resurrection, Jesus actually instituted or brought into place a new covenant. We, we are talking about the blood covenant. It's, a, uh, it's, it's what, uh, uh, you know, wraps our relationship with God. The purpose of covenant, as we said at the very beginning of this series, is for God, for, for a relationship with God. And God initiates that. Uh, he puts that covenant in place so that we could uh, have a, a, a wonderful, intimate, meaningful relationship with Him, uh, a blood covenant relationship that is the highest form 
of relationship that we could ever have. And, and that's what the blood covenant is about, our relationship with God. Now, we want to continue on this. Uh, and I want to talk today in part three on our blood covenant uh, uh, that I want to talk about the present day ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today is Resurrection Sunday. We may take time to remember what happened um, almost 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ rose up from the dead, uh, an indisputable historical fact that is corroborated by evidence, not only in the Gospels, but archaeological evidence, uh, historical evidence, uh, and so much more, that, that Jesus Christ rose up from the dead, and, and we are remembering that. Now, uh, in, in line with that, I want to focus in on what Jesus Christ is doing today as the risen Lord, as a resurrected Savior, uh, and uh, how we relate to Him in that. And uh, I know when we began this series, uh, I mentioned that we will just take three sermons on this series, but uh, I just feel a need to do one more sermon. So we are going to continue this next Sunday, which will be the 19th of April. And we're going to talk about receiving covenant blessings. So we've kind of under, laid the groundwork, understanding what is covenant, uh, the new covenant that Jesus established and how it is different from the old covenant. Uh, we encourage ourselves to take on new covenant mentality. Today, we're going to talk about what the Lord Jesus is doing in the light of the new covenant that he has established for us uh, uh, as a risen Lord and Savior. And then we're going to continue this next Sunday the uh, on the 19th of April. And we talk about receiving covenant blessings. So we are in this blood covenant with God, but how do we walk in the provisions of this covenant? How do we walk in the blessings, what God has make, made available to us uh, as part of this covenant? So we'll address that because that's really important. We'll address that in a separate message next Sunday. So uh, stay tuned and of course inform others so they can benefit as well. So today we're talking about the present day ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's risen. He's ascended into heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Uh, the Bible tells us many things. Uh, it tells us that he is the first one who's been raised up from the dead. Uh, he's the one who conquered hell and the grave for us. Uh, he is the one who, to whom all authority in heaven and earth has been ascribed. And therefore, because of that, we as believers, we have the hope of resurrection. Because he lives, we know we will live also. Death has been conquered. Death is not the end of it all. There is life hereafter, and we have a hope of the resurrection. And because he is uh, exalted, uh, we have been given this, uh, this wonderful privilege of using his name, the name that is above every other name. Uh, what a privilege that Jesus has given to us. In fact, in the weeks to come, we're going to talk about that wonderful name of Jesus and what it means to uh, use that name, to make mention of that name, either in prayer or in dealing with situations, circumstances. But that's our privilege. The risen Lord who is seated and who is exalted, he's given us the privilege of using his name, uh, the name that is above every other name. And also as believers, uh, because of Jesus who has been raised up from the dead, we have resurrection power at work in our lives. And Ephesians chapter 1 uh, you know, states that, that, that the same power that God raised Jesus up from the dead is the power that is at work in us. Who are as believers. And so, you know, that again is, is very significant. So given that Jesus has been raised from the dead and all this has been available, made available to us, you know, 
uh, how does all this relate to the blood covenant? There are two important things, and uh, we're going to really actually, uh, in this message, really focus in on the book of Hebrews. Um, now, the book of Hebrews highlights two important aspects of the present-day ministry of Jesus in relation to the blood covenant, and that's what we're going to focus on. Uh, Jesus today has a twofold ministry, so to speak, uh, in relation to the blood covenant and in relation to those of us who are part of that new covenant uh, with him, uh, with God through Jesus Christ. Twofold role. First, Jesus is our high priest, and second, he is our mediator. And both of these are brought out uh, in the episode uh, to, to the Hebrews. Uh, and so we're going to focus a lot, and we're going to dwell a lot in, 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 the, in the book of Hebrews, uh, bringing these two aspects of the present day ministry of Jesus Christ. He is the high priest of this blood covenant, of this new covenant that we are in. And he is the mediator of this new covenant that we are in. And we need to understand uh, what that means. Now, what does it mean to have Jesus as our high priest, as part of this new covenant? What does it mean to have Jesus as the mediator of this new covenant, the blood covenant that we are in with God? And how do we receive uh, through that. We will touch upon a, a little bit of that today. We'll continue uh, receive the receiving aspect next Sunday. But we want to understand today as a risen Lord, as a Savior, as King of Kings, as Lord of Lords, as seated at the right hand of the Father with all things under His feet, what is His role? He is the High Priest of our covenant. He is the mediator of this new covenant. And we want to talk about that. So as a, as a high priest, he's representing us before the Father. As mediator, he is the guarantor or he is the enforcer of the new covenant. So let's get into a little more on that. Now, when you talk about, let's talk about the first one, Jesus, our high priest. Now, uh, just uh, at the very beginning, I want to make mention of this. Uh, 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 there is also this aspect of Jesus being intercessor and being advocate. But as I will explain uh, uh, later on, uh, these Jesus our intercessor and advocate actually look at it in the Greek. Uh, it is actually covered by his high priestly role. And that's why I'm just zeroing in on these two things, Jesus of a high priest and Jesus of a mediator. I'm not addressing uh, you know, I'm not Jesus as the intercessor and advocate separately because they're actually part of his high priestly role. And so we will cover that when we talk about Jesus of a high priest. Now, to understand the role of Jesus high priest, and especially as the book of Hebrews brings it out. And I'm just summarizing these things. It'll be really worth our time to get into the book of Hebrews, really cover the entire book, chapter 1 to chapter 13, and just understand that. Uh, but I'm, I'm summarizing this. Uh, in the Old Testament, after God had established his covenant uh, through Abraham, uh, God who established his covenant through Abraham, there was a high priest involved. His name was Melchizedek in the covenant with Abraham. And so Hebrews brings the book of Hebrews brings it up. And also, when God established a blood covenant with his people through Moses, uh, Moses brought the law, uh, and it was actually a blood covenant. And God established a priesthood. This was the Aaronic priesthood of Aaron and his sons. They were the priests on behalf of the people. So the book of Hebrews brings these two aspects out, that every covenant, whether it's Abrahamic covenant or the Mosaic covenant, 
had a priesthood alongside it. And then it tells us, you know, the covenant that we have, Jesus Christ is the great high priest. He is our great high priest, part of this new covenant, blood covenant that we have with Almighty God. And uh, we want to just really touch a little bit upon, uh, on the role of the high priest under the old covenant. What do the high priests do? Uh, some of the things we will see in the, uh, in the old covenant. Now, all of these things are in the sermon notes. Uh, I've given scripture references to it. Uh, and so if you really want to study it, I would encourage you to go to our church website. The sermon notes are already available. Uh, they're on the website. You can take them down and study it. Look at all the scripture references. Uh, we won't be able to read all the references, obviously, in this 40 minutes that we have together. But uh, I would encourage you if you have time. And I encourage you to do that. To just go through all the references. Now, what was the role of the high priest in the Old Testament? We see these things. You know, the priests... Uh, and the Old Covenant, the Mosaic Covenant, the Aaronic priests, that means the Aaron and his sons, they were consecrated and they were anointed to minister to the Lord on behalf of the people. So they were there serving, uh, uh, serving before God on behalf of the people. And what did they do? Uh, they, they took the sacrifices which the people brought. And they offered those sacrifices. They burnt them on the altar. So they were you know, taking the sacrifices. They did those duties of offering sacrifices unto God uh, in the, um, uh, as part of the old covenant. Now, these priests were human. So they themselves would sin. And when the priests sinned, uh, they had to make offer, uh, sacrifices for themselves because uh, they had to you know, uh, atone for their own sins. So they were just human and they also would sin. Now, uh, very interestingly, uh, is that uh, the priest, as part of his attire, and all of this, remember, is, is, is very is symbolic or representative. As part of the attire the priests wore, uh, the ephod, uh, on his shoulders, he bore the names of the 12 tribes. So every time the priest went before God, uh, he had the names of the 12 tribes on his shoulders. Now that is symbolic. It means that as a priest, he was a carry. He would carry the people before God, uh, and he would, you know, lift them up before God. He was, in one sense, a burden bearer, bearing the people before God, talking about his uh, his intercessory responsibility. Another important thing is that the priest, as part of his ephod, is is, is attire. He had the names of the twelve tribes also on the breastplate, uh, on his breastplate, and so that also also meant again very symbolic. He had to hold the people close to his heart. He had to know what they were going through and bear them up before God. So he had names of the 12 tribes on his breastplate. But he also had the Urim and the Thummim. Uh, in those days, uh, they didn't have the written word as we have today. Uh, and uh, so the priest had the Urim and the Thummim that he carried on his breastplate. The Urim and the Thummim was used to guide the people. So uh, that again showed his responsibility towards the people. That means he had to... Uh, provide guidance, divine guidance uh, for the people through the use of the Urim and the Timon. We won't get into the details of it, but that was what it was used for. So that again talks about the role of, of the priest, that he would uh, help people walk in the right path before God. So he not only bore the names of the people before God as an intercessor, he not only carried them on their breastplate and, and, and bore their needs uh, so before God, but he also had to bring guidance from God to the people. And once every year on the annual day of atonement, the priest would be allowed to go into the Holy of Holies, 
or just once a year to make atonement for the entire nation uh, through the sacrifice that God had uh, presented and the priests, uh, you know, had to keep themselves holy and sanctified before God. So this was the, the role of the, of the high priest, or the priests, under the old covenant, the Mosaic covenant. Now, when we come in, to the new covenant, Jesus Christ as our high priest, the book of Hebrews calls him our great high priest. And then it just brings out, so it's so beautiful, it brings out uh, all the work that Jesus completed as our great high priest and the work that he is currently doing today as our great high priest who is seated in the heavens far above all things in the very at the very at the right hand of the throne of Almighty God, what is He doing as our great High Priest? So let's do talk first of all about what Jesus has completed for us as our great High Priest. You know, as our great High Priest, uh, Jesus, uh, He was called by God and He was given a perpetual covenant, meaning a never-ending covenant. Uh, and that means he's our high priest always forever. Unlike the old covenant where, you know, priests died and so they were replaced and, you know, somebody took over, the old, somebody was old, stepped out, another person took over and so on. Uh, that would change. But Jesus has, uh, is our high priest constant, is there always forever. And he's been called, he's, he's in that place. Number two, uh, he has completed all payment for sin and uh, he has provided forgiveness for sins. Unlike the priests under the old covenant where, you know, there were daily sacrifices, there were these annual sacrifices, they had to keep on doing that. But here Jesus once for all, one sacrifice, work is done, uh, that's it. So no more sacrifices. Thirdly, uh, Jesus completed the work and he became the source of salvation to all who obey him. So he's saying, look, I'm providing you salvation. Not only has a work been done, one sacrifice completed, but salvation has been provided, something that the priests and the old covenant could not give to the people. Number four, as our high priest, uh, Jesus, you know, uh, after he rose up from the dead, uh, Jesus entered into that ho most holy place, the holy of holies, with his own blood. And the Bible says he has obtained eternal redemption for us and he releases our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. You know, because of this eternal redemption that Jesus obtained for us, when he went into the Holy of Holies, the heavenly Holy of Holies with his own blood and obtained eternal redemption for us, he released us, our conscience from dead works. That means uh, we are no longer uh, trying to do things to please God. We are no longer, our conscience is not depending on some ritual, some works in order to obtain favor with God. That's over. That's no longer needed. That's not even necessary because Jesus has finished the work by offering his own life as a sacrifice and carrying his own blood into the Holy of Holies. He's released our conscience from dead works. What a, what a joy to know that we don't have to depend on dead works in order to enter the presence of God. That's no longer needed. Jesus has released us from that. And as our high priest, Jesus has permanently removed the list of offenses that was against us. Uh, he has judged and condemned the accuser, that is Satan. He said, case closed. And uh, he has closed all cases against us. So there is nothing against you and me as a believer in the court of heaven. We have been declared justified and uh, righteous. So 
In other words, uh, as far as the court of heaven is concerned, there's no court cases pending against you. You don't have to go into the courts of heaven to fight your case. Jesus took care of it. That's the aspect of him being our advocate. He's done that already. Uh, you know, so uh, I just want you to understand that completed work. The Bible says uh, in John 16, verse 8, Jesus judged the, the devil. That means it's over. The judging, the sentencing has been done. The case is closed. As of a high priest, he dealt with everything. Colossians 2.14 says, he dealt with all the list of cases against us, offenses against us. So there was a long list of offenses against us, but he took care of all of that. Colossians 2.14.15, he took care of the accuser, the, our opponent in the court, that is Satan, John 16.8. And he has justified us. He has uh, declared us righteous, Romans 3.22 Romans 3, and Romans 5.1. So we are righteous. There is no more case. There's nothing that you need to go plead about against in the court of heaven. It's done. Our high priest has taken care of. So this is the work Jesus has done, something the Old Testament priests could never do uh, through their sacrifices. But what is he continuing to do uh, today as our high priest? Uh, here are the things the Bible tells us. You know, uh, uh, he, uh, Hebrews chapter 2. Verse 17 and 18, the Bible says, Jesus is our merciful and faithful high priest, and he aids us when we are tempted. So this is something he's currently doing. When we are tempted, when we face temptations here on earth, when we face difficulties here on earth, you know, Jesus is our faithful and merciful high priest. He understands us and he aids us. He comes alongside us to help us. That is part of his intercessory role uh, as a high priest. He comes to aid us. Um, secondly, uh, the Bible tells us he is the apostle and high priest of our confession. So that's very important. Today, you and I, we are, so the Bible says in Hebrews 4.14 and Hebrews 10.23, the Bible says we must hold fast to the confession of our faith because we have a high priest who is the high priest of our confession. So that confession simply means that you and I say the same thing as what God has said. So when you and I confess the word and we say the same thing what God has said, then we have a high priest of our confession. You know, Jesus put it like this in Matthew 10. He said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my father. If you deny me, I will deny you. In other words, Jesus cannot confess outside of what we, uh, cannot stand for what, outside of what we have confessed. He's going to represent that before the Father. That's why our confession is important. Every time you confess the word, I want you to know there's a high priest in heaven, Jesus Christ, who's there as a high priest of your confession. He's representing our confession before the Father. Uh, thirdly, he's a high priest who understands our weaknesses, Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. So the Bible says uh, he was tempted like, like as we are in all points. Uh, so he understands our weaknesses and he's there in the very throne of God. The Bible says so we come boldly to the throne to obtain grace, to find grace, to obtain mercy in our time of need. So it says, you know, you've got a high priest who really understands you. So whatever you're struggling Whatever you're going through, just go boldly to the throne of grace. There's somebody standing there right beside the throne on your behalf, and he understands you completely because he faced the same things you face. You know, what an encouragement that is to us, that when we are facing temptations, when we are facing difficulties, we know there's a high priest who understands what we're going through. And because he's there, we can go boldly to the throne of grace. Um, number, um, number four, 
the Bible tells us he's a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, and Jesus receives our tithes just as Melchizedek received tithes from Abraham. You know, when you offer your tithes to God, uh, it is not you're not giving your tithes to the church. You're not just giving your tithes to the uh, to some organization. You, the Bible tells us in Hebrews seven verses 4 through 8, that Jesus receives our tithes as the great high priest. Just as Melchizedek received tithes from Abraham, Jesus as our high priest receives our tithes. So he is receiving it. And what does he do? He represents that before the Father. Just as the, the priest in the Old Testament, he received the offerings and he offered it up before God. Jesus receives our tithes, bringing that before the very presence of the Father. Number five, as our high priest, uh, he has an unchangeable priesthood, and therefore the Bible says in Hebrews 7, 23-25, he is able to save us to the uttermost, to those who come to God through him. Now, as of a high priest, he is there all the time, and he is waiting to save us even to the deepest level. He's able to help us. He's able to rescue us as our high priest. So no matter how low you may feel, no matter how low you may have gone, your high priest, Jesus Christ, is able to save us to the uttermost, the Bible says, because for those who come to God through him. So this is the high priest who is able to help us. A few more thoughts here. As of a high priest, the Bible says he is currently making intercession for us. Hebrews 7.25 and also the scriptures in Romans 8.33-34 and Jude 1.34-25. He intercedes for us currently. That means he is joining our prayers. He's standing in the presence of God on our behalf. And he is petitioning the Father on our behalf. Uh, sitting at the right hand of God. Jesus is interceding. He wants us to have everything that he has made available to us. And I'll talk a little bit more about this intercessory aspect of his, his work uh, just a little later. Now Jesus as our high priest who is in the heaven, in the heavens, uh, you know, the, the Bible tells us uh, he is far above the heavens. He's seated at the right hand of the Father and he ministers in the true and heavenly tabernacle and heaven will never reject this high priest. You know, in the earthly high priest, there was a risk that the, that the human high priest could be rejected by God if he, he wasn't, you know, living right for God, if he was sinful, if he was unholy. He would be rejected, but that cannot happen to our high priest. The Bible says he's perfect, he is holy, and he's at the right hand of the Father. And so we have the greatest high priest representing us in the presence of the Father. We could have no, this there's, there's no one else uh, better than this. We have the great high priest representing us in the presence of the Father. And Jesus, because he's the high priest of the house of God, Hebrews 10, uh, uh, 19 to 23 says, let us come with boldness because of the blood of Jesus. Let us draw near with full assurance of heart. So when you and I go into the presence of God, because we know that we have Jesus as our high priest, the Bible says you come boldly. You come with full assurance. You come with confidence. You and I don't have to come with a head hung low, uh, saying, oh God, I'm such a poor worm. Uh, I'm so unfit. No, 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 no. You come with the head held head held up high because the high priest there has declared you righteous and acquitted you completely. So the Bible says come boldly because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And as our, as our high priest, he speaks the Father's heart to us. 
John 16, 13 to 15 says that he speaks the Father's heart to us. And that's one of the things the high priest had to do. Uh, he had to guide the people. And that's what Jesus does for us by his Holy Spirit. He speaks the Father's heart and he guides us. You know, so Jesus as our high priest, he is our intercessor. He is our advocate. He does it all. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about that word advocate. Uh, in the New Testament, that uh, the word uh, advocate actually is the Greek word parakletos. The word parakletos, the Greek word is used only five times there in the New Testament, parakletos. And only one time is it ever translated as advocate. And that is in 1 John 2, 1. It says, if any one of us sins, we have an advocate with the Father. But it's actually the Greek word parakletos. Now the word parakletos has a sevenfold meaning. Uh, as we are, as many of us are aware, uh, it means comforter, it means helper, uh, it means counselor, it means strengthener, uh, it means standby, uh, it means intercessor, and it means advocate. So, uh, you know, that, that word parakletos in 1 John 2, 1, for whatever reason there, uh, uh, it was translated advocate, but it could as well have been translated any one of the other six um, facets of the word parakletos. Uh, and so, but the, the, the subject there is about sin. If we sin, there is Jesus Christ, our high priest, standing there as our parakletos, our helper, uh, as our, uh, in all these facets, he's there to help us, uh, not only to plead our case before the Father and say, Father, I've already paid for a sin. So uh, when he says, forgive me, it has to be forgiven, not only from in that perspective, but also from the fact that he will help us and bring us out of the thing that caused us to sin. So if any man sins, there is a part of toss with the Father, Jesus Christ. Now, I want, to, I want to remind you that Jesus spoke, used the same word when he talked about the Holy Spirit. He said, I will send you Allos Parakletos, another helper, just like himself. So the Holy Spirit is our Parakletos here on earth. In the same way, Jesus is our Parakletos in the presence of the Father. If we sin, somebody's there. If we sin, the Holy Spirit is here to help us. So understand that uh, that word advocate actually is the word parakletos. And that's why I'm not emphasizing that advocate aspect. I'm just focusing on the high priest aspect, that Jesus is our high priest. And he represents this new covenant that we have with God uh, completely as our high priest. Now, it's very interesting, uh, just, to just to help us understand how we relate to Jesus as a parakletos, to understand how the Holy Spirit as our parakletos helps us, how, we, how he comes to our aid, how is he the sevenfold parakletos in our lives. Romans 8, 26 helps us understand that. It says that the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Uh, when we don't know what to pray, he helps us to pray. You know, uh, so that's how he is the parakletos to us. And that's how Jesus is the parakletos to us. He helps us in our weaknesses. That means when we, we must, first of all, be willing to go against that weakness. And when we are saying, I'm going against this weakness, he comes to our aid. He comes alongside us as a strengthener, as a helper, the one who stands with us against that weakness. And secondly, very important, he helps us through our prayer and intercession. He helps us in our prayer life to overcome those weaknesses. So that's how Jesus uh, uh, helps us as our parakletos. To sum this part up, the high priest, you know, we must learn to relate to Jesus 
as our high priest. He's the high priest of this new covenant, this blood covenant. He's there exalted, the right hand of the Father, as your high priest. When you go to pray, remember there's a high priest there at the very right, at the Father's right hand, Jesus Christ, the great high priest. So, uh, uh, you know, when you enter the presence of God, go before the Father with all boldness, confidence, uh, with full assurance of faith, because there is the high priest there standing there for you, Jesus Christ. Know that he's interceding for you as you take your request before the Father. Then you say, in Jesus' name, you're bringing Jesus in to your request, and he intercedes for you. Know that he's there as a merciful and faithful high priest to strengthen you in your time of need, in your time of temptation, in your time of testing. Even if you've gone down to the uttermost, he is there as your high priest to help you, bring you out, strengthen you, empower you, and and lift you up. And know that as your high priest, he speaks the Father's heart to you by his Holy Spirit. Now, you know, I think I've used up um, this almost the entire service time now. I'm just talking about a high priest. And in the next few minutes, I need to talk about Jesus, our mediator, the mediator of the new covenant. And after that, we're going to partake of the Lord's table together uh, this Resurrection Sunday. So uh, let's very quickly talk about the second aspect of what Jesus is doing uh, in his, as a risen, exalted Jesus. Uh, he is our high priest, but he's also our mediator, the mediator of the new covenant. Now, that word mediator simply means somebody who goes in between, who, who comes in the middle. Uh, and Jesus, uh, as mediator, there are two aspects of it. First is a mediate, mediator, the, a mediatorial work which he completed for us on the cross. This is in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. The Bible says, There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself up for us all. He gave himself up as a ransom for us all. So in, in that, the, the redemptive work was a mediatorial work of Jesus Christ. That means he came in between God and man. And only he was qualified to do that. He was fully God, so he could is uh, equal with God. He's fully man, so he's one of us. And so he could mediate between God and man. Perfect. Perfect man and God. And he could be the mediator. That's why the Bible says there's only one mediator, only one who could qualify to do that and reconcile man to God. So that is his mediatorial work as a redeemer. And in the process, when he was dying on the cross as mediator between God and man, he also instituted the blood covenant, the new covenant. And so today the book of Hebrews says he is the mediator of the new covenant. You know, Hebrews 12 verse 24, it says Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant. So in this sense, he is standing as the guarantor, the enforcer of the new covenant. That means he not only established a covenant for you and me, but he says, look, I'm here to make sure, make this covenant good in your life. So in Hebrews 8 and verse 6, it tells us he's the mediator of a better covenant, the new covenant, uh, which is also uh, a blood covenant. So now just to help us uh, understand you know, how Jesus mediates this new covenant, on, on, on what basis does he administer 
covenant provision and covenant blessings to our lives. We want to understand that. And next Sunday, we're going to talk about how we receive the blessings or the provisions of the new covenant, which is very important, which is, you know, probably the whole objective of us understanding the blood covenant. But let me uh, bring our attention to two things that Jesus did as he ministered to people under the old covenant. You see, when Jesus came into this world, and during his earthly ministry, as he ministered to the Jewish people, they were still under the old covenant. They were under the Abrahamic covenant, which was still in place, and they were under the Mosaic covenant, which came through Moses, the, the law. And how did Jesus minister to them to help them receive the provisions of the covenant? I want to highlight two things, and we'll pick this up next Sunday when we talk about receiving covenant blessings. First, we see in Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 to 17, it says, uh, they brought the people, those sick and the diseased, uh, and they brought them to Jesus, and Jesus healed them. He cast out the spirits with a word so that it might be fulfilled. Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So what Matthew is bringing out here is this, that Jesus actually ministered to these people under the old covenant on the basis of what he was going to do on the cross. And that is very important. On what basis could Jesus heal the people? Matthew 8, 16, 17, which is quoting from Isaiah 53, the Holy Spirit is telling us that Jesus did all this in order to fulfill uh, Isaiah 53, the work that he would do on the cross. So he was, in some sense, giving them a down payment uh, on the basis of the cross. He was healing them, he was delivering them, he was meeting their needs, uh, he was setting them free. So that was one important, very important thing, how Jesus uh, is our mediator of the new covenant on the basis of the cross is what is how he ministers to us as our mediator. So number one, very important, when you want to receive covenant blessings, when you want to receive covenant provision, you need to come to the Lord on the basis of the cross. You and I need to stand on the basis of the cross. That means this work has been completed on the cross, and that is why I'm coming to receive. You and I must be convinced. And that's why understanding the cross of Jesus, knowing what he has done for us on the cross, is so important. Because Jesus ministered to these people under the old covenant on the basis of what he would do on the cross. The second thing, I want to bring our attention to is in Luke, the 13th chapter. Uh, in Luke chapter 13, uh, we see in verses uh, uh, 10 to 17, uh, Jesus comes to synagogue and here was a woman who had been bent over for 18 years. And Jesus says, Satan has bound her and so she should be released. So really interesting. You know, this woman was a daughter of Abraham, meaning she was in covenant with Almighty God. She was in covenant with Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who was a healer. She was in covenant with Jehovah Shalom, the Lord who would make her whole. She was in covenant with Jehovah Yahweh God, the God of covenant. She was a daughter of Abraham, yet somebody was violating the covenant. Who was it? Jesus identified and said, Satan has bound her. Satan was violating this. Uh, uh, there was provision under the covenant. There was provision for her healing, her wholeness, her well-being as part of the covenant. But because there was somebody violating the covenant, and this is something we'll talk about next Sunday. Uh, when we talk about receiving the blessings of God, what hinders us God's people today, covenant people, from receiving the provision and blessings of our covenant? Satan and how he works to keep us away from receiving it. But as mediator, 
Jesus stepped in there and said, I'm here to enforce that Abrahamic covenant. The Abrahamic covenant gives her complete wholeness and just enforce that covenant into her life, setting her free. And as mediator of the covenant, this is what Jesus does for us. He ministers to us when we come to him on the basis of the cross, which is the blood covenant. And he enforces that covenant in our lives when we stand up a ground and resist the enemy, resist the one who violates the new covenant, Satan. But then when we, Jesus comes and he, as mediator, as guarantor, as enforcer of the covenant, he administers what has been provided for and made available to us in the new covenant. So, you know, uh, we need to wrap the service up. Otherwise, we probably go on the whole day talking about these things. It's just wonderful. Uh, it's so rich. It's so powerful. But we're going to stop here and uh, we will continue this next Sunday as we talk about receiving uh, the, the, the provisions of uh, the new covenant. So remember today as a Resurrection Sunday, as we celebrate Jesus Christ, our risen Lord, uh, he ascended to heaven, uh, he is exalted. His name is above every other name. All authority in heaven and earth uh, has been given to him. Uh, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, the Bible says, and everything has been placed under his feet. And there at the right hand of the Father, he is your high priest. And he is your mediator. There is no reason why you and I should ever fail in life. We've got such a great high priest. We've got such a great mediator. We've got such a wonderful covenant with God. We should never fail. There is no need to fail in life because we have such a wonderful covenant with God. We must learn to walk in the provisions and the blessings of the blood covenant that God has made available to us. Uh, and we should not lose out on that. We'll pick this up next Sunday. We're going to do something very important. We're going to partake of the Lord's table. And like we shared earlier, you know, these elements, uh, bread and grape juice, they are tokens. Uh, they are signs of the covenant with God. Uh, these are earthly elements. There's nothing special about it. It's just ordinary juice and uh, ordinary bread. Uh, they're just earthly elements. Uh, there's nothing magical about it. But when we do this, uh, the way Jesus taught us to do it, and we do this in the name of Jesus, and when we do it with faith in what he did for us on the cross, then our act of doing it becomes very special. The Apostle Paul said, we proclaim the Lord's death. We are making a proclamation of the cross of Jesus, of what he did in establishing the new covenant and in bringing us the provision of Yahweh God into our lives. We are proclaiming it and we are positioning ourselves to receive the blessing. That's why Paul says, this cup of blessing which we drink. That means, say, when you're drinking, you're drinking the blessing of the covenant. You're receiving, it's an act of receiving. Say, I'm receiving what Jesus did for me through his body and through his blood. It's an act of receiving. So when we partake of the Holy Communion of the Lord's table today, uh, you join with us in your home, wherever you are. What you and I are doing when we partake is, Lord, I am receiving into my life, into my spirit, soul, and body, the blessings of the covenant. That's what you're saying. And uh, I want you to expect the blessings of God to flow into your life. Expect to receive healing, Expect to receive deliverance. Expect God to come through on your behalf because he's for you. Expect your great high priest to come in 
to aid you, to assist you, to strengthen you, uh, for you to receive and find grace and mercy to help you in your time of need. I expect the high, your high priest to save you. That means to take care of you even to the uttermost, to do that for you because he's standing behind this covenant which we are going to celebrate. Now, if there's anyone watching or listening and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, now is the time for you to do that. You know, Jesus Christ died for you and me on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven and we could be brought into a relationship with God. There's no one else who can do that. There may be a lot of great ideas and philosophies and so on and so forth, but there's only one Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you have never received Jesus, right now, before we get into partaking the Lord's table, I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. I want you to pray that with me so that you can open up your heart and your life to Jesus and he can become your Lord, your Savior. And he can make you a child of God, a covenant son, a covenant daughter, and put you in a place and you can receive the covenant blessings of God over your life. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. And if you feel in your heart you want to do it, you're most welcome to join me in this prayer to receive Jesus into your life. After that, we're going to partake of the Lord's table together. Let's just pray. If there's anyone listening or watching and you've never received Jesus into your life, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Would you just say this with me in your own heart out of the free will of your own heart? Say this with me. Lord Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I believe you died for me on the cross. You paid the penalty for all my sins. You were buried and you rose up again. I ask you to forgive me. Come into my life. Be the Lord and my Savior. And help me follow you and you alone the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you pray that prayer, it'll be our joy to hear from you. So send us an email. Send an email to, you know, you could use any one of our email IDs, testimony at apcw.org or send it to feedback or prayer at apcw.org and just tell us that you pray that prayer, receive Jesus Christ. i 
Take of the Lord's table. So right there in your living room, just lay your hands on 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 those elements. Just hold it up. Just pray over it. The head of the household, just put your hands on those elements. Pray for the whole family. Uh, you know, there could be four or five of you there. That's okay. Head of the household, just lay your hands on those elements and let's pray and consecrate it. Then we partake together. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, we consecrate these earthly elements of bread and grape juice, and whatever people may be using, God, if if they don't have grape juice and they're using water, God, we consecrate that before you. As tokens, a sign of our blood covenant with you. And Lord, this act of eating this bread and drinking, drinking the cup is our means, our way of proclaiming our faith in what Jesus did for us on the cross. And we receive the full provisions and blessing of the new covenant. Father, I pray that as we partake, that people will be healed. Every yoke of Satan will be completely destroyed. Every spirit of sickness and disease and uh, infirmity and oppression will leave. The people receive shalom in their life physically, emotionally, financially, in every way. Let homes be changed as we partake of this. Thank you, Lord. The Lord Jesus said, take, eat. This is my body that's given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the bread together.
Lord Jesus said, this is my blood and your covenant that is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the cup together. Father, in, in the name of your Son, Jesus, I speak your healing, your wholeness, your deliverance, your victory, your release from every oppression of the enemy into the lives of people watching and listening. And as we've partaken of this together, the power of the Holy Spirit touch every life, every home, every individual. Bring God your wholeness into our lives. We thank you, Father. Even let right now, let your healing power touch people right where they are. I want you to I want to encourage you just by faith. Receive healing and wholeness. If you have problems uh, in your hearing, maybe your right ear, maybe if you've got a hearing aid, just take it off and, and just see that your healing has been restored right now as, as the Lord touches you. Just receive your healing. Believe God. Do that. Check it. If you can find it right now on the live chat, type it out. Saying, I've received my healing. I can feel something right now on my right ear. And I receive healing. So on the live chat, type it out. So we know that God's doing something right now for you. Right where you are, receive your healing. Your release from every oppression of the enemy. Let the power of God touch you. Let the power of God heal you. Let the power of God live for you even now. Father, we pray for homes that they will be rejoicing, wholeness, salvation in the homes, the families of people. Let them see a turnaround of circumstances and situations, God. We thank you. We bless you. We honor you, Father. We give you thanks. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, even as we are praying, and something happened to you, God healed you, God touched you, tap it on the live chat. Right now, so we know that as we are praying, something is happening. And I encourage everybody who are watching that this prayer wasn't just, just another prayer, not just another ritual, but that God was doing something while we are partaking of the Lord's table. We'll be looking at the live chat to see you know, what God is doing uh, in the lives of people as we partake. Now, we're going to close this service, uh, but remember, you can reach out to us during the course of the week. Email us, call our number, 800 number uh, in Bangalore and in India. Reach out to us. We're there to pray with you and encourage you. Uh, so stay connected, uh, even though we're not able to physically meet one another. Stay connected. Let's close with a benediction. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with each of us always. God bless you. And thank you for being with us on the service today.